The Man in Line with Andy Wint. My good afternoon. Welcome to Manx Radio's Man in Line at 7 minutes past 12 midday. Here we go with an open line through till 1 for your view, perhaps on yesterday's budget. I know it's kind of broad brush, but if you've got any thoughts on the, the big plan and also any reaction to the opinion... hadn't heard much from Geraldine O'Neill from the NASUWT for a while, but we heard yesterday, hilarious, she said, hilarious. The government stated an aim of 100,000 people, a rise of 15,000 people on the island, uh, she says, is hilarious, uh, unless the infrastructure is improved. It's kind of chicken and egg. Do we wait till the extra people get here to improve things, or do we get it straight before they come and it'll be a more attractive place? Interesting point of view. And if you got something to uh, contribute to that, by all means, uh, get in touch. Well, of course, it was uh, it was a big day yesterday uh, for, for the budget. And uh, uh, if you caught me, if you go to the website, by the way, go to maxradio.com. Everything is absolutely there. Uh, all the information you'll need, uh, the rates of um, uh, the increase in rates of certain things, uh, tax uh, bans and what have you, uh, benefits are, are going up in certain places. And also remember that uh, green budget has uh, gone up as well. The uh, uh, concerns, uh, uh, by the way, the Ireland's Climate Change Transformation Board um, uh, has revealed she wasn't consulted. That's Daphne Kane. Basically, Daphne Kane said nobody spoke to her about uh, when funding for the matter was considered for the coming financial year. The budget concerning climate change doesn't feature heavily enough as far as she's concerned, uh, says Daphne Kane. But uh, big subject and uh, thoughts on it and anything else you want to talk about, you can just uh, get in touch, text, email, call and WhatsApp. David's with us today. Hi, David. Hi, Andy. Just regarding the budget there and the, the statement that came out regarding uh, Stu Peters, who uh, is very vocal, really, at the end of the day. I like him. And he says what, he's, uh, what comes out of, of the mouth is the truth, isn't it? And then he, he said that they'd made an application for PV panels for the post office. The policy is of government, as far as I can see at the minute, is that they were saying that uh, they were going to have uh, green issues for any any government building, and they, they were ideal for, say, schools, government office, or whatever. And the post office is an arm of uh, central government. So I just wondered, we never got any details why it was turned down when there are funds available. I believe the $42 million now it still exists, but there's a little bit more extra in the kitty to do minor things. But are we getting anywhere? I'd love to find out if anybody has had the green grant, apart from maybe some light bulbs and a bit of insulation, that's been substantial to put us down the road. Even if we're doing 10 or 15%, 
you think the um, the government won't, wouldn't want to spend this money? And uh, and also, I mean, Mr. Peter said afterwards, it's time for the government to walk the walk uh, uh, on green in, green issues. Um, and I don't think it's a road to Damascus where Stu Peters is concerned regarding green yeah. issues. But uh, I mean, he has a point. Yeah. If the government isn't putting you know, PV pans on uh, PV panels on every government building, you have to ask why they aren't doing it and why they're not doing something with government land. So uh, he has a point, you have to say. He does. And the other thing is, too, regarding the schools as well. It's an ideal opportunity. I've said it before. When the schools are not uh, in being in the summer months, right, all electricity can be shunted onto the grid. And I know they only, well, they'll probably get more than the, the rest of us get. I believe the other people who get the, the money is like 8p or 5p or whatever. Uh, but at least it's a start and something back into it. Uh, and the other one that I was wanting to ask was too is regarding the, it's probably a little bit of, not, I suppose, blackmail really, regarding the school down south there, uh, Castle Russian. You know, they're, they're creating plans. What have they been doing for the last 10 years? Everybody asks this. When we did the constituency, they, they kind of took money in line, ran and spoke to the, the uh, candidates uh, for the South. They all said it's been in the pink book for years. And I think Michelle Haywood's uh, going to be talking to the newsroom today. I think everybody really wants to know what is stopping them getting a digger and starting on the Newcastle Russian High School. There must be some reason as to why they can't start doing something, anything. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, just to, uh, your website was quite good on the election stuff, but the examiner on page, I've got to say it, 11, is there's a little article there from Ramsey Commissioners saying, help us to pay bills for going green. Little article there, and there's a couple of commissioners commenting there, is they're going to be, well, they're not going to be forced to do it, they're going to be asked to do it, but... uh, Where's the help for local authorities? There's loads of us around the island who would okay. like to do uh, things. Uh, and this is on the examiner, is it? It's on the examiner, page 11, yeah. Okay, well, they, well, they take, must... a, take a look today. In fact, buy your uh, Alamen examiner. <laughs> yeah, because the other bits are in it there, too. And before anybody says, what's Onken doing? And I'm not speaking for Onken, but I know we have uh, an electric um, van, which is working very good. Okay, all right. Thanks, David. See you, boy. All right, good to hear from you. Uh, a note in uh, from, and this is, uh, let me see, is a note in just saying uh, regarding the electric bus. Uh, this is, uh, where is the electric bus? Uh, a message in, so I'll just find who that was from. Um, oh, and Crystal says, I'm interested in finding exactly where the green budget went last year. Oh, this is uh, Texter869. Uh, can you find out where we might see the electric bus on the roads? We have an electric, an e-Citaro. We have an electric double-decker on the Isle of Man. Uh, maybe perhaps we can spot where it is. If you see the electric bus, take a photo of it and WhatsApp it to uh, Max Radio, uh, um, get in touch and send us a bus a, a picture of the bus they're saying that they're trialling the bus to see if it's suitable for Manx roads and uh, what it's going to do so if you've spotted the bus then by all means WhatsApp 166177 WhatsApp uh, as a photo of the bus we'll see where it is today uh, Steve's with us now you've not seen the bus have you Steve? I haven't, Andy. I wouldn't hear you coming, would I? Yeah, that's true. Good point. <laughs> yes. You know, it was interesting on that point. Uh, 
slightly different was that uh, they're trying it without any passengers. Well, surely you need passengers to find out what the weight's ratio and how the engine's going to work with well, it. Well, <laughs> there you go with your common sense again, Steve. <laughs> never mind, Dave, never mind. <laughs> Many thanks, Andy. Um, just a gentle reminder to people, the Manx Legion and Age Concern Winter Warm Spaces tomorrow at the Manx Legion. Uh, doors are open at 11 o'clock. Uh, hot lunch served at 12.30. And tomorrow we've got uh, representatives of the Alaman Fire Safety Team who will be talking about smoke detectors and possible free smoke detectors for for people. So we'd like to see as many people as possible, free of charge, and you're more than welcome to attend. OK, how did the last one go, Steve? Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Numbers were, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, were, were very, very good, quite high. Um, <clears throat> it's a nice atmosphere. Uh, everybody's welcome, talking to each other, and and we'll have it's a real sort of jovial get together. And um, uh, it, you know, it's very, very good. And that, uh, interestingly, Steve, just to, I mean, do you see new faces, or is it the same old people? No, we see new faces. Uh, in fact, last week we had um, in excess of well, around about fifteen new faces, and what have you. And I think it's because people are talking to each other and what have you, is that it's a secure, safe place. They're talking, um, and we've all got common issues, shall we say. You know, we talk about, you know, what's going on in the island and what have you. We have guest speakers um, and talk about the gas and everything else, and it's nothing too heavy. Um, so it's quite interesting with people as well. There's, you know, a lot of um, wise people down there. And it's the company factor as well of people actually talking to people about their concerns and how they can help each other. Yeah, and interesting if the fire and rescue people are there, if the fire people are there tomorrow, obviously, they'll know all about electric blankets, I'm guessing. Well, that was another point, wasn't it, really, is that, uh, you know, these electric batteries that the fire brigade were actually saying how long it takes to put one out. I wonder how long it takes to put a bus out. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you can ask them that tomorrow. All right, Steve, so I it's will. tomorrow, 11 o'clock at the Legion. Yep, lunch is served at 12.30. All right, That's thanks it. for calling today. We appreciate it. Many thanks, Andy. Take care. Uh, all right, Bye. good to talk to you. Thank you. And Howard's with us now. Hi, Howard. Oh, hi, Andy. Come on, that was quick. No, just talking to Chris, uh, you're saying about the electric bus. Yes, I have seen it. Um, and it's a single decker. Oh, it's oh, a single decker? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it actually belongs to a Mercedes agency. And it's a demonstrator. It's not joining the uh, the fleet at the moment. It's only here for a week. And uh, it's just trialling on the island. But uh, it'll certainly be a, a trial with the hills and various pieces we have around this part of the world. Where did you see it? In Douglas. I saw it the, uh, the other day, and I thought, oh, they bought an, uh, more new buses. But I found out since. It's actually, uh, it was on your website on the news. Oh, no. 3FM, my apologies. It was on that, on their news, and there's a picture of it parked alongside one of the electric trams. Right, okay, all right. Uh, But if it's coming towards you, it's in the the silver colours, because that Mercedes, um, that silver colour is a standard Mercedes colour. Um, I don't know if you remember when, well, there were reds and yellow on the buses, and it was David Cretney said... Uh, there's a lot of panels getting damaged, and every time a panel gets damaged, it has to be repainted. So they bought the buses in the grey, silver grey, and when the panels come from the factory, they just have to be fitted. Right. That was an economy measure by David Cretney when he was Minister of Transport. When we, you know, we had people that used to think ahead. And so, was there anybody on the bus when you saw it? I, well, I was driving at the time. Oh, so, I see. But right. it's 
not in uh, normal service. It's only driving around and giving the driver's experience and right. experience the um, the abilities of that particular bus, whether it be suitable for, for here or not. Yeah, it would be interesting to know. I mean, as, uh, as Steve said, if they put some people on it just to see how it copes with people on. Yes, yeah, well, a full uh, full bus load will make, of people will make a big difference in the weight it's carrying. So that's the, uh, the the consumption of power. <clears throat> so to see what a full bus load of children or even adults yeah. going up the likes of Whitebridge and all the way through to Ramsey. Yeah, or the gooseneck. Yes, anywhere up there. But they're climbing up over the top of the um, Snaefell um, road, the veranda, etc. But the normal usage, running around empty, it's going to give a false impression that it's very economic. But you put a full load of passengers on board, it's going to change the attitude of the batteries and the winter because the cold weather depletes batteries a lot quicker, as you know. And uh, I'm assuming now I've got a WhatsApp in from 113, Howard, who just said, well, we assume now the steam packet is OK with taking electric vehicles. Otherwise, how did the new electric bus get here? Well, I don't think there's been any um, change of pattern with them because... There's electric vehicles been going on and off there ever since the day they were put into use. Mm. Uh, so unless something specific comes out from the government or the steam packer themselves, then I don't think it's going to make much difference you, um, to the availability of people putting their cars on the uh, on the ferry. Uh, that would have to be a, a government issue. But this one here, if you see it coming towards you, as you said to Chris, the front of the bus, it gives the appearance of having a large, very large window, although it looks like a big shop window, um, the windscreen, and then it's high gloss down below that, but it gives the impression of being glass all the way down to the bumper. Obviously, it's not for safety reasons, but it gives a very much more modern impression. OK, well, we'll do that. We'll do electric bus spotting today, Howard. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Okay, take care. Thanks for Bye being now. with us today. I just want to talk about democracy uh, very briefly. And um, this is a story that would, uh, you may have seen on, at the news page at manxradio.com. Uh, Patrick commissioners are calling a by-election again. They had uh, no one put themselves forward first time around. So a by-election is going to be recalled in the parish of Patrick. The commission had no potential candidates to put themselves forward. So no other option. They've just got to keep on going. The successful person will serve as a board member till April 2025. Ian Maul, the clerk at Parish Commissioner, says the authorities hope to get at least one candidate. The authorities got four members and needs to find an extra member. It's not allowed to co-opt somebody from uh, a different local authority. Well, that's the story. Concerning that nobody wants to put themselves forward. Beautiful parish, of course, uh, Patrick. But uh, Ray Harmer's back in public life. Uh, the ex-MHK for Peel and Glen Faber was the only person who put himself forward for Peel commissioners. He got on, um, basically got straight through because he was the only candidate. And nobody, had, uh, you just wonder why, I mean, this is public life on the Isle of Man, why nobody wants uh, to do that. Julian's on now. Hi, Julian. Hi, Andy. Um, yeah, that electric bus thing reminds me of that uh, story I mentioned to you last year, the uh, RTP French Paris electric buses, and they had a spate of um, them basically erupting within a few seconds and massive fires with the... Uh, 
with the black smoke curling up over the top of skyscrapers and things. So and was they, that uh, was that battery be, fires, Julian? Yeah, there's 140 of them, I think, have been withdrawn from there on a pilot scheme. So we don't have that problem if, uh, if it starts to get plenty of them over Well, here. at least we won't buy the French ones then, just German ones. Well, <laughs> um, just calling, I uh, just wanted to say thanks to Peter, who texted in on Monday stating that tumble drives that are plugged in use less power than the hardwired ones. If you remember, I mentioned it was about four to five kilowatts. Yeah. But a, a bit of housekeeping here. Um, what I should have done, I should have used the term kilowatt hours, which is the accumulated total energy used. Um, but Peter's text got me thinking. So I just um, looked at hardwired tumble dryers that used to be much more common um, years ago domestically. And a neighbor of mine has still got one, which has a much more powerful um, heating and motor, four and a half kilowatts. So he has to have that hardwired on the, the bigger fuse. And interestingly, um, if you look at his heaviest kind of load, which would be a cotton dry, you know, like the biggest one, it gets the job done in an hour and 10 minutes. And it uses about five and a quarter kilowatt hours of energy. So five and a quarter. But if you go and look up the equivalent size one, the new ones, either a condenser or a vented one, they use a smaller motor, a two kilowatt. But the drying cycle time quoted on their website is two hours and 42 minutes instead of the one hour and 10 minutes with the, the bigger, more powerful, older one. Right. And the total amount of energy used is five and a quarter kilowatt hours. So the only real difference is the waiting time. The, 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 the newer ones have a smaller motor, so they get their A-plus rating that you see A, B, C, D and stuff. But actually... The actual amount of energy that's used, it's, 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 a bit, it's a bit like going for a stroll instead of a brisk walk, but you're still doing the same distance, if you see what I mean. Well, the key with tumble dryers is always going to be the heating element, isn't it? I mean, it, it's how much heat that you, that you put through. That's right, that yeah. And this through. thing, I think, had a... T yeah, this one's got a built-in a two and a two and a half. So when you press your switches, you can engage both of them. But, of course, it does the work faster. And it kind of reminds me a bit of electric vehicles, really. You know, like you can fill your tank. If, you, if, you, if you're on fumes, you can fill your car up in two or three minutes. But if you've got the same thing with an electric vehicle, it's going to take you, you know, hours and hours and hours. And, of course, the other thing to think about is your petrol car or your diesel car gets more economical as you drive because it gets lighter because the tank's getting emptier. But you don't have that luxury with an electric vehicle because the battery always weighs the same. So when you start going up hills on a low, you know, like this new bus, it'd be interesting to see how, how much more it uses on a full load going up a hill because you're still having to drag that weight. You know, with a normal bus, I would imagine your, your diesel's getting lighter. So everything's, you know, it becomes more efficient the less you've got in the tank. I wonder, I mean, nobody quite knows, nobody knows what's going to happen by 2030 or, or, you know, subsequent to that. But you just wonder what's going to happen in the meantime and how many, how many different avenues we're going to be taken down getting to the green and carbon neutral future, Julian. It just looks to me like the green future involves a lot more waiting around for everything. Like, you know, if you drive to town... From most, you know, if you port out in or Peel or whatever, it's about a half an hour. But if you've got to get to the bus stop and then you've got to get into town, you could be waiting an hour, an hour uh, say an hour and a half maybe, or if you're going for a 10-minute appointment at the hospital. 
you could be an hour and a half instead of just driving straight there in 25 minutes. So, well, part of it, you know, uh, so Julian, may be a, you know, a very fulsome commitment to public transport, more public transport, cheaper, possibly free public transport for people. Possibly, but who's... I mean, at the end of the day, it's never free, is it? I mean, you know, we're all paying for it, and it's... Where are you going to get your taxes from for fuel and all the rest of it? I mean, it's already becoming obvious that the charges that are i believe that somebody did a test in an electric vehicle compared to a diesel volvo between um bristol and newquay and when they got to exeter on the way back they ended up spending twice as much on the on the super rapid charging 120 kilowatt charger than the diesel did because of course the diesel didn't really have to fill up and it was the actual amount when you when you want to go fast they're charging way more for the electricity kilowatt hours, like mm. I said before. So it's actually more expensive to charge if you want to do it quickly than using diesel or petrol. Well, it will definitely be a different financial model for the future. Uh, nobody knows what it's going to be, and guarantee the only people who will make money out of it initially are the accountants and those with spreadsheets. True enough. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Julian. Thanks very much, Andy. All right. Good Thanks. to talk to you. Uh, and I want to go to, uh, let's see, we've got uh, John, is it? Hi, John. Hi, Andy. Um, talking about electric buses, now I'm going back away, uh, quite a way now. A few years ago, we were in Canada in Quebec City, and they were running quite a few electric buses. And we were taken on a tour of the city by a lady that lived there. Everything was going fine for the first quarter of an hour, 20 minutes. And then we came to a hill, only a few hundred yards, but it was a hill. The bus stopped. Everybody got off and started walking up the hill. The bus then carried on to the top, stopped, and waited till we got there and everybody got back on again. And this lady said, oh, that's quite normal. She said, these buses, she said, they like flat roads, but they don't like hills. Now, obviously, things over the years have gone on. The technicality and all is much greater. But at the time, we found it rather strange that when you came to a hill, you had to get off and walk up because the bus wouldn't make it. And the bus was, fair enough, reasonably full. But I would just like to see these demonstrators go over the mountain to Ramsey, for instance, with a full load and just see what happens. Well, presume, I mean, they, you know, I mean, if they work in Germany, of course they're going to work here, but we just don't know. I mean, the fact that they're not putting people on it is a bit, uh, or maybe they are, maybe they'll tell us that they are uh, doing it with a full, people of free mystery trip, perhaps. Well, yeah, I think that if they'd been asking for volunteers by now, wouldn't they? if they were going to do that. Yeah. Um, so this was when in Montreal? Uh, Quebec. Quebec uh, City. And wh when was it? Oh, it's a few years ago now, admittedly. I mean, it must be about eight years ago, I suppose. And obviously things have improved since then, but it just goes to prove that loaded or unloaded is a totally different ball game. OK. All right. Thanks for calling us today. OK. Thank Bye. you, John. It's good to hear from you. I've been uh, sent a photo in, by the way. It is, let me see, 
Sally, who sent a photo. Hello, Sally, in Kurt Michael, who sent me a photo of, and she said, electric vehicles, of course, are nothing new. It was back in the 1970s that Lucas of Birmingham, the big car parts people, had electric vehicles. It was a Bedford van that featured a Lucas electric vehicle drive system, and it was uh, developed, I think it was uh, on show at the um, Royal Institution or at the, the Motor Show. So electric vehicles have been around for a long time. Of course, milk floats were powered by batteries. Well, they lead-acid ones. But milk floats, electric milk floats, have been around for years. So it really is nothing new. We've been used to electric vehicles for years and years and years. Maybe it was the petrochemical lobby that made sure that electric vehicles didn't take off. But the the technology has been around for a long time. It's just that the type of batteries have changed. So if you've got any thoughts on why do you think nobody stood in Patrick and only one person stood in Peel, uh, then uh, please, by all means, uh, uh, get in touch. I want to go to... Uh... Oh, Howard. Hi, Howard. Hi, Andy. Uh, I mailed the phone going out in the kitchen, but I can leave that one. No, it's just a little bit of um, extra information. We think the electric buses, cars, etc., are all up-to-date and modern. But I just looked, and I thought, it was in the back of my mind, but the Douglas Corporation had a fleet of buses in the 1920s, and they were hybrids. Uh, it was a pioneering system whereby a petrol engine drove a dynamo, which in turn powered an electric motor to drive the rear axle. In the 1920s? Yep. And they were tilling Stevens. And apparently, because of the noise of the particular buses at the time, they were called tinkling tillings. And uh, they had a, a large fleet of them. Uh, they eventually had 30-odd buses. And they were hybrids. So it's this phenomenon of uh, electric buses, cars, etc. is not a new thing. Well, of course, Douglas had electric public transport for a long time with the cable car, didn't it? I, well, that was a separate entity. That was a cable car, yeah. Sure, yeah, but I mean, it is. It wasn't. It was electric. So, electric oh, yes. public transport is is nothing new. And of course, we've got the uh, we've got the electric railway. So, yeah. and, and nothing's new though, Howard. The fact that we've no. had electric vehicles before, it's just that they never caught on for whatever financial reasons or or what have you. Well, okay. I've got a book in front of me here that's about the Douglas Corporation buses. I can remember, but not these old ones, of course. But um, as I say, the um, the way they worked is more or less what they're advertising now as a hybrid. And um, the the corporation were ahead of the games, and uh, the Tilling Stevens were as well. So um, it's just updating what was running in the 1920s and uh, before. So it's a, it's a concept that can be worked, but needs uh, you know a lot more thought. Well, it's a combination of political will and public support. I think if the public buys into something, then mm-hmm. in- inevitably it's going to take off. Uh, but can you imagine what a what a situation it would have been if they kept the Douglas tra- Cableway? Uh, yes, well, that big wheel that's at the bottom there by the sea terminal is part and parcel of that particular cable car system. Yeah. That was found when they were doing some work downtown. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the fact it went to York Road, I mean, halfway up oh, yes. York, York Road and all the way, um, it would have gone to the same system as San Francisco. Well, where Waverley Court is and the little Chinese takeaway, for years, and they're probably still there, 
um, the the lines were there going into the back of the the garages, the uh, York Road bus station, yeah, yeah. and the the lines were exposed there for a long, long time. They're probably still under that road. Okay, so, all right. Well, okay. look, I'm, the, uh, uh, the Tilling Stevens. I'll do a bit of research into that. Uh, how the Tilling Stevens? Thanks for calling today, Howard. Good to hear from you. Look at that time, 25 to 1 on Manx Radio. Somebody asked the other day, we were talking about these gender identity workshops, uh, and somebody asked, could you tell me how many uh, gender-fluid people there are on the Isle of Man? I've been consulting the census. At Isle of Man Energy, we want to support our customers as much as we can during the cost-of-living crisis. If you're a vulnerable customer, we can add you to our priority care scheme and assist you with safety checks, prioritising call-outs and energy-saving advice. We can also offer support, such as payment plans, to help spread the cost of your winter bills. For more information or to register for priority care, call our team on 644 Isle of Man Energy. Energy for every generation. Are you a reluctant landlord? Tired of tenant hassles? Cursed by constant maintenance? Tormented by empty properties producing no rent? Want to escape these worries or get out altogether? At Prime Lettings, we understand your pain and have bespoke solutions to release you from these problems. Ring us on 616 707 for a free confidential chat. Prime Lettings. We're on call and on the ball at 616 707. Tracy Bell Dental in Castletown now has a great new dentist. With a great new offer, Dr. Nicole Foyle brings seven years' experience in cosmetic procedures, root canal treatment, and all aspects of general dentistry. And as an introduction, all new patients will receive an initial consultation, x-rays, photographs, plus full written treatment plan and advice, just £59.50. Email castletown at tracybell.co.uk for a callback or phone 805 230. As the one-year anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine approaches, we've been hearing from people across the islands who've been instrumental in getting help to those fighting and fleeing the war-torn country. We'll take a look at how the events have unfolded and those affected, all the way to those who've been forced to leave everything behind. Listen in to the Ukraine war one year on, this Friday from 6. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Fast to my good afternoon with Fan Bonzo. Hi, Bonzo. Hello there, yes. Um, responding to June on uh, the world of electric buses. And oh, it's very interesting to, to hear from um, Howard about how we experimented with electric buses in the 1920s. Um, but yeah, electric vehicles and, and stuff. Because uh, in, in those days they had trolley buses, electric trolley buses in London. And, uh, well, and, and lots of other big cities as well. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, really. Um, but with this here electric bus, which is a Mercedes-Benz E Citaro, well, first off, we were always going to get electric buses that were Sitaros. <laughs> it makes sense because there's a certain amount of commonality with the fleet. Um, the wheels will be the same. Uh, various other internal bits and pieces will be the same. Panel bits will be the same. I dare say various window bits will be the same. So if there are various you know, bits and bobs that, that need replacing actually on the chassis and um, functional systems on the, uh, on the bus, then yeah, those are all readily available and as for the handling well 
you know, yeah, the size is you know, uh, consistent with Sitar and Deckers, so that shouldn't be too much of a, of a transfer for uh, drivers to actually get used to it. So there's a there's a logic in having those. Um, as for the testing, I wouldn't suppose for, uh, that I would be highly highly surprised if Ironman Transport were testing it around the island without putting any weight in it. Because that would really just not, um, you know, not, not be, be as much point. So I dare say you'll probably find there are sacks of um, you know, concrete or uh, whatever um, concrete mix actually in there, and they're simulating various weights as they're going around. Now, as for the have it go up the mountain and then come back down again scenario, well, I think they're probably looking at it for more like um, the short haul route, um, the short haul flatter routes. So if you're looking to go out to Bratton and staying along the Peel Road, fine, then we go along that. And that route along to Peel and then, you know, going up to Kirk Michael and then round to, to Ramsey, uh, down the Felby Strait. Um, I mean, that's relatively flat. That's the kind of environment that... Uh, that an electric bus would be quite happy with. Um, as for, as I say, the, the up and uh, up and down going somewhere like Ramsey, well, um, there's a bit of a roundabout and the swings on this because like um, Formula One cars, uh, they t- and indeed other electric vehicles, they take power when they go downhill. They uh, you know, they use the uh, the acceleration to generate power in a dynamo way to recharge the battery. So you get charged when you go down the hill, which you can then use to go up the hill and then keep going. So you know, how far and how much that can be done um, is obviously something, I suppose, that they're trying around with different weights. But I would, would have thought that the first place uh, that they would be introduced on would be that uh, Peel, Kirk, Michael, uh, out to Ramsey route. What is it, the number three? Um, and uh, you know, maybe into you know, more local routes around Douglas again, which don't have the... Uh, strain, uh, perhaps on the on the uh, on the battery. But the thing is that I don't think these things will be available to us until about 2025-26, because there's a considerable waiting list for uh, e-Sitaro buses, as I recall. Uh, and also, I think they cost about uh, a million pounds a bus. Mm, yeah. Well, some of that may uh, may be a question of euro pricing and a question of scale. Um. Obviously, they're selling more at the moment, so I dare say the costs will come down to in, to a certain extent. And also, yeah. of course, we're, we're having to buy them in euros, which isn't exactly a favourable currency. Um, so, I mean, so, so as far as you're concerned, is this something that you think would be wise for the Government Department of Infrastructure to head towards? Well, yes, it's certainly wise to head towards... Um, but it's a question of doing the sums and seeing whether having the sitaros, the e-sitaros for commonality, etc., um, actually uh, balances the books rather than buying something like the alternatives from uh, the Ulster company, which I think, and, and a couple of uh, UK companies that are actually manufacturing electric buses. So, 
you know, uh, I'm not privy to that to that to that information, but they'll obviously be working that out. And I dare say, but we have had other trials, as I recall, a couple of years back, uh, of buses from electric buses from UK companies and hybrid buses from UK companies. So I dare say that's all part mm -hmm. of of considering what it is. Okay. But I, I I don't think they're just you know, driving it around empty and then saying, oh look how economical it is. Um, because I think they know that went wash. How did you find your uh, lunchtime in the belly of the beast yesterday, uh, uh, Bonzo? Well, there was no green room. <laughs> um, where, where was the where was the bread that I couldn't fit in the meat? And well, there <laughs> we are. No, no, no. Chat, chat, chatty aside. No, yeah, uh, yes, it is uh, interesting to be in the belly of the beast, and interesting to. Uh, to hear some of the contributions, uh, interesting perhaps in the fact that um, quite a few of the contributions, especially of course from, from the government, were uh, rather slow and undetailed and really not doing anything. I mean, I don't agree with David Ashford on many, on many days of the year, but I do agree with him on the points that he was raising in that... Yes, fine. The budget tells us how things are at the moment, and yes, it tells us that um, things are a bit bad. So, what are you going to do about it then? Oh no, we'll we'll sort of have some meetings about that, and, and things will happen under the island plan, and everything will sort of magically kind of. No, I'm sorry. I'm, it, it, <laughs> I don't think it impressed that many people in the room. Let's say. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bonzo. Okay. Good to hear Bye. from you. All right, 16 minutes before one. This July, Avon's calling as Tours Isle of Man journey to Bristol. Join us for a week from the 12th of July as we travel to the historical city in the south of England, taking in the gorgeous Cotswolds and scenic Somerset countryside on our way. Staying in beautiful hotels and making friends along the way, take in the stunning Avon Valley's hills, cathedrals, harbours and shopping opportunities. And then we'll bring you home straight to your door. Find out more on our website. See what's in store now at Ramsey Garden Centre. We've spring and summer bulbs and seeds and plants for tubs and borders. Plus onion and garlic sets, seed potatoes, spring planters and more, including azaleas, rhododendrons and roses, fruit trees, primroses and violas. There's something for gardeners young and old at Ramsey Garden Centre. And for exclusive offers, pick up a reward card today. Check on Facebook or call into Ramsey Garden Centre. Open seven days a week on Albert Road. After more than 45 years trading, Pasco's will be closing. We'd like to take this opportunity to thank all our loyal customers for their support over the years and invite everyone to come and find a great bargain in our closing down sale with everything from fridge freezers and washing machines to kettles and vacuum cleaners. All stock must go. Pasco's is open Monday to Friday and all day on Saturday. We look forward to seeing you soon at Pasco's of Tremode, the island's premier electrical retailer. Max Radio's birthday list with ShopRite. If you or anybody you know is celebrating a birthday, then why not get them a shout-out on your Manx Radio? Because not only will they be thrilled and delighted, they also get a chance of winning a £100 ShopRite voucher to spend on anything they like. Text your shout-out to us, 166 or email us studio at manxradio.com 
We'll do the rest, pop them on the list, and they could win that £100 voucher from ShopRite. Any show, any day, it's entirely up to you, and I'll be doing the draw on Mark Tiley in the morning at the beginning of the following month. Good luck, and get shouting out. The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio. Faster by, good afternoon. I said I've been looking at the uh, census. Uh, we'll come to that in just a few moments' time. But Juan's on. Hi, Juan. How's your day going, Andy? It's very well, actually. It's like there's some blue sky over Douglas Head. It looks really nice. Very good, very good. And, and no chemtrails, just blue sky. That's that's even more amazing, that would be, wouldn't it? Uh, chemtrails uh, is running, I think, in the 3.30 at Kempton Park. <laughs> It'll probably come in first. There you the, go. Uh, Have you spotted any like, electric buses? Electric buses, well, you know, um, was it 120 years ago, I think it was 1890 they first debuted. Um, and if you look back in 1949, I think the Tamar Group, um, they they brought out an electric truck that could do 200 kilometres. Interestingly, isn't it? So, and and New York was um, very big for electric vehicles many many years ago. So, makes you wonder the reason why that wasn't taken up. Was it just purely because the Rockefellers um, suppressed it for the fuel, or what? Or was there a, was there another reason why it wasn't successful? Well, I think Standard Oil was all important at that time. Yeah, yes, it was. It was. And, and, and you know, as, as people have said, there, there has been a lot of corruption in the oil industry. But um, whether that was the, the main reason why electric vehicles have not taken off, or not, I don't know. But um, it certainly isn't definitely a, a, um, new. When you look at the, the Tesla technology and everything that was going on then, you know, there's, there's definitely something there. Um, interesting over the weekend to look at the, um, the Oxford protests on the 15-minute cities. Um, don't think it was really covered much in the media, but um, uh, thousands of people turned up in Oxford for the um, for, for the demonstration on how they felt from all over England on how they felt on the 15-minute cities. Um, and um, quite a few of the alternative news, um, GB News and Rebel News, actually covered it and were there taking interviews. So it was very interesting to see the, the feedback from people um, of, of all um, ethnicities and, and um, age demographics that were actually opposing this. Well, um, new how, readers start here. The 15-minute city is this is this project whereby a combination of public transport and prohibiting vehicles and people strolling a lot more will mean that uh, you, you will basically be 15 minutes from the action at any one time if you walk. Yeah, and that's the nice shiny view of it. Um, but when you look at the other the, the other side of it, you know, um, you know, why would you be zoning areas, and why are you saying to people that you can only have certain amount of times that you can go from this place to that, and you've got to be engineered around certain roadways? So there's other little implications that could come from this, like many other things that's that's packaged in a nice new shiny box to make you think it's good for you. But there's definitely a, a lot of interest out there in, in the fact that. The, and, you know, um, this is getting rolled out in many different places at the same time. Um, very, very much like a lot of things different governments are doing at the moment. They seem to be a big surge everywhere of a certain thing to try and push a thing through in a certain amount of time.
Um, now, the other thing that I wanted to come on about, which I mentioned last week, which is quite concerning and seems to be concerning a lot of parents on the island, is this sexual orientation bill. Now, I believe there was a meeting the other night of parents about this, and there's, there's, a, there's a, an awful lot of protest um, about how this is being delivered. Um, and I believe that um, QE2 school is um, being used as a test bed for this. Uh, I think uh, they've they've the uh, DHS uh, the sorry the uh, DESC I think have halted that that particular um, part of the uh, the PHSE whatever they call it these days um, that's uh, sex education uh, part of the syllabus which were you referring to, uh, Juan? Yes, they have, Andy. Um, they 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 have you quite right there. I think Julie Edge has has, has come in and 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 um, halted that for the time, but um, I'm looking at at what parents have written about it and what has been said to um, kids um, like year seven, eights and everything. And I mean, there's quite a list of graphic stuff which I don't think I'll I'll, I'll put on here. Um, but um, you know, um, it is quite graphic. And if people want to go down that road and have a look at it, um, it's from what the, these parents are saying, it's not really good to be teaching people of that age. But the question that, the overall question that I'd need to ask on this is, how did it actually get this far into in, into um, you know this depth already? Um, we already see in Scotland, which I think this is based from Scotland, that you know little Jimmy Cranky's lost her job over 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 there, and um, you know who who in government thought that this again was the right thing to introduce here, and why was it not picked up on? It's like you know um, Julie Edge has stopped this now because of of public pressure and public feedback which is going to be a lot more. But uh, whose bright idea did, was this to get this in to start with? Okay. All right. We're going to leave it there, June, because I've got a couple of more things I want to mention with that allied to that. But thanks for calling today. Cheers, Andy. Good to hear from you. And uh, with all this, uh, the particular part of the uh, sex education curriculum, I think it all comes down to the age of consent, the legal age of consent, but also maturation processes and the ages at which young people mature. Um, and really where education and advocacy meet. Uh, but anyway, I was asked uh, to find, and Tammy said, for heaven's sake, get on with talking about the gender identity. So, okay, I will. Uh, thanks to Christian in the newsroom, we did some research, 62,208 residents, this is the last census, 62,208 residents over the age of 15 stated their sexual orientation on the census return. Of these, the vast majority reported they are heterosexual with less than 3% stating a different sexual orientation. 97.3% said they were heterosexual, 1.2% gay or lesbian, and 1% bisexual. Residents who, and this is from the last census, residents who are gay, lesbian or bisexual, so make up 2.2% of the population over the age of 15. This is slightly less than the UK as a whole, but roughly the same as has been reported for the northwest of England. And from the census regarding gender identity, 132 people over the age of 15 reported that they do not identify with the sex assigned to them at birth. Of those, just over 
half, 52.9%, were born male. So 2.2% of 62,208, which means 1,368 people are LGBTQ+. So 1,368 uh, people LGBTQ+, and 132 people over the age of 15 reported they don't identify with the sex assigned to them at birth. Uh, so that's that. I just want to also mention that uh, the Autumn Booster campaign and the first booster offer closes this week for COVID-19. Autumn Booster campaign uh, today. Ramsey Cottage Hospital is doing jabs, but only for the next six minutes from 10 o'clock this morning till 1. Tomorrow, uh, the COVID vaccination team will be at Castletown Civic Centre from 10 until 1 and on Friday at Chester Street Vaccination Hub from 10 until 1. Uh, and a quick word for uh, Beach Buddies who are on duty this weekend, 10.30 on Sunday. If you want to meet the uh, good people from Beach Buddies, their beach cleaning session is at Glenwillan. Beautiful, beautiful beach. Uh, cleaning the beach north and south from Glenwillan also to clean up around the Glen area itself. Uh, it's a good venue for members of the newly formed River Buddies who are cleaning the banks of the stream that runs through the Glen. That is this Sunday morning from 10.30 till 12 noon. Meet uh, Bill and his band of beach buddies binning bags of bad stuff 10.30 on Sunday morning. Uh, and a note in from uh, this is uh, it is uh Effie, Effie, it is Effie. Thank you, Effie, who said, where did you get the figure of a million uh, pounds for it? Um, well, e Citaro are selling buses all over Europe, and I'm noting that the border city of Basel in Switzerland is ordering e-buses, e Citaro buses, particularly, well, they're actually getting a combination of single-deckers and also those articulated ones, you know, the bendy buses, are, uh, and they've, they've ordered um, a total of 126 electric buses, and they're putting aside uh, $136 million euros so it's about a million euros per bus a little over a million pounds per bus it's i think they're little under half as much again for an electric bus than uh, uh, an internal combustion engine but uh, if you spot that electric bus of ours then by all means uh, send us a photo of it it looks very nice very pretty uh, and whether or not it works we won't know for a while yet but um, no doubt the uh, department of infrastructure will be putting some money aside uh, for that new bus uh, john says geraldine o'neill may think it's hilarious but where does she think the money com comes from to pay high wages and to fund heavily subsidized pensions <laughs> loads of messages in today where are the extra 15,000 people going to work also they won't be this is texter 068 there won't be 15,000 economically active people a lot could be children unemployed low income or retired we'll end up with a longer hospital and GP waiting time and more traffic How large will the electric fire blankets have to be, says Look on the bright side, Pete. Thanks to Chris Quirk on the phone today, and thank you for your contributions. We're back with another Open Line tomorrow on Man in Line, and of course, any time of day or night, 682-631. W-I-N.
Sie.